0: and welcome into the State 48 Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Matthews, bringing you all things AZ. And today on the show, we have Fiesta Bowl chief marketing officer, superficial there, Jose Moreno, here to share all the things from just his journey, obviously here in the Valley, uh, networking skills. I think that's going to be a big hit here, especially for me. And of course, the impact of the Fiesta Bowl here in the Valley. But first, I love to shake things up a bit. We already have been bonding pre-roll because we're probably related. We'll get into that. (laughs) But um, a quick game: fill in the blank. Okay. First question: My favorite fiestable memory is.
1: Oh boy, Uh, you know what? I would say this this last year's fiestable was was my favorite memory. We brought in a new title partner in Verbo. We got to do some really cool activation. But as part of that, we brought in a lot of celebrities and a lot of ambassadors that helped us along the way. So we had Boys and Men, Dave Portnoy, uh, Rich Eisen, Chase Adkins. And it was just a really fun moment to get to know all of them, share that experience, and to be able to include them in our Fiestable family. And they're just really great, down to earth guys uh, mm-hmm. that came in to support our game.
0: It's a whole spectacle. It's, it's a amazing. spectacle for
1: sure. Uh,
0: favorite quote?
1: My favorite quote, and I would, I would make this more towards the leadership is actions reflect leadership. I, I'm a big believer that, you know, coming from somebody that I pride myself on being a servant leader. I, mm-hmm. I went to grad school and studied servant leadership is I'm a big believer that you have to lead by example and your team, their actions will uh, react to your own actions as well.
0: I love that. So I didn't know you could get a whole degree in servant.
1: You can Grand Canyon leadership. University. Oh, wow, I love that. Yeah. Okay.
0: The best hidden gem in AZ is?
1: Oh, the best Douglas hidden gem. <laughs> Doug- <laughs> we talked about Douglas, Arizona. I don't know if that's People a gem, but it, it's hidden it's for sure. Gem. I would say Fossil Springs.
0: Yes.
1: Fossil Springs is amazing. And, and now you have to get permits and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's a hike. It's a hard hike, but it's really, really Sorry. cool. That or Havasupai. I've done them mm, both.
0: both. Yeah. Have
1: a Soupai is really hard, but beautiful. You don't even look like you're in Arizona.
0: Did you jump off the cliffs? At I both? did.
1: I've done them both. Okay. Yep. You yep. didn't jump off? Uh, I jumped off. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But no, I jumped you off. You have to. Like, oh, Even yeah. if it's
0: your fear. You got to do it. Yep. Beautiful. Hidden gems for sure. Uh, favorite Valley sports team, if you could pick one.
1: Favorite Valley sports team, Phoenix Suns.
0: And I know why, because yeah. you background.
1: I used to work for the yes. Phoenix Suns. How long were you there for? I was there about three years. A little over From... three years. 2008 to 2011.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: that was the Western Conference yes, year. We had Steve Nash, Amari, Shaq, Grant we Hill. We swept
0: the Spurs on yeah, the Lakers. Oh, yep. Yeah. Good times. Yep. Yeah. Um, best advice you've ever received.
1: Best advice I've ever received, I would say, probably from my mom. I was raised as a single mom, uh, one of three kids, and I think the best advice she ever gave us was talking about what we didn't have. And she was very transparent about what we didn't have because it was a way that made us appreciate what we did have. It made us work harder for the things that we were going after in life. And that has yielded really great results for me and all my siblings, you know, here in the future.
0: I love that. Always lessons learned from mama. That's right. Favorite restaurant in AZ. So any parks. I know you grew up in Tucson. Yep. You get a little Douglas flavor there. <laughs> so any part in AZ.
1: Favorite restaurant. I love Sicilian Butcher. Ever, it's it's north. Not. It's kind of we live in Desert Ridge area, but it's cl- it's on Tatum and Greenway. Um, Sicilian Butcher. It's amazing. It's pastas. It's Italian food, Ooh, but really, really right good. My alley. Yep. All the
0: carbs. Yep. All, all the carbs. The good carbs. Okay, so a little background and connection that we actually have beyond Douglas, Arizona, yep. <laughs> is I actually was on the Fiesta Court.
1: Oh wow! Okay. Back in
0: the day, before you. You, so you arrived there in 2015. Yep,
1: we had just ended it.
0: Okay, yes. So I was. Um, wait, it's no longer going.
1: It's no longer going.
0: So I'm really vintage. You're an alumni. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, you're a so rarity this now. This was 2011. Okay, I believe it was Oregon and Oklahoma. Okay. Um. Gosh, now I feel really, really old. That's. No, it was Oregon and Auburn. That was when Cam Newton was the quarterback. Yeah. But anyways, during that experience, I mean, I had no idea what I was getting into. I, I saw a scholarship opportunity yeah. going to ASU. But what really opened my eyes was what a spectacle, like I said, this event was. How we just took over the valley and not just a short amount of time. I mean, we were going to community events, raising monies for charities, yeah. doing 5Ks and appearances. Like, all year long. Oh yeah. So it's really special to be a part of that. And I saw what this truly was, but from your perspective, obviously being embedded in the fiesta bowl, can you just give us an, an idea of what truly this, yeah. this is here for the Valley?
1: Yeah. And the fiesta bowl we've been around for over 50 years and most people know us for our bowl game, our Verbo fiesta bowl that we put on, but then we also have another bowl game, uh, which is our guaranteed rate bowl. And that's held mm-hmm. at chase field about the week before our fiesta bowl game and that's what a lot of people know us for but i I would say over the last decade people really start to know what we do 11 months out of the year our games take place in december but it's the work that we get to do off the field Uh, we are a nonprofit organization we're an event company we're a bowl game we're a lot of things but at the end of the day we raise as much money as we can to be able to give back to the arizona community we pride ourselves on being the most charitable bowl game we're raising anywhere from three to five million dollars a year that we then in turn give back out million dollars to teachers, through our grants, we're building football fields, we're building playgrounds, mm-hmm. we're building resource rooms, teachers' lounge renovations. That's an essence of, of who we are and what we get to do every single every single day. And for us, is we have a slogan that we say is more than just a game. We registered mm-hmm. it. It's an actual trademark. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh. And, and it's a little bit started off as tongue in cheek because it was, when you say you work for the Fiesta Bowl, well, is that a full time job? What do you do 11 months out of the year? Well, we're more than just a game. It's our events that we're putting on. It's our youth football clinics, our kickoff luncheons, spring summit. All the things that we do, our parade that brings in 100,000 people from across the valley. Yes. All these things that we get to do to be able to, in turn, give back. And and really, it's about not just what's on the field, but off the field as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll never forget that parade. The parade. ours, it was Kurt Warner, who was the um,
1: Grand Marshal. Grand Marshal, yeah. and
0: it was freezing yeah. up on the the you know parade float and everything like that but it was such like you said it was it was more than the game is what i experienced i mean i came in obviously for the scholarship money and i I love football so i was like this is perfect but really getting out in the community um and being at the golf tournaments or any of the events was like really eye-opening and special for me so for you because you i mean a lot of people probably assume it's like a you know you work the game and then you're what you're on vacation. Then I'm hanging that out, is out for not true. Yeah. So <laughs> tell me a little breakdown of what um your, you know, your day-to-day in your position looks like and how that kind of unfolds throughout the year.
1: Yeah, and I have the privilege of leading a team, marketing department, and within our marketing department, it's community relations, our graphic design, creative, corporate partnerships, one of my Oh, communications, public relations. So we've got a whole slew of things that take place on a year-round basis. So when maybe one or two weeks might be slow in one department, the other department is very busy. And then typically during the football season, it's busy for everybody. Yeah. Um, but for example, when the games take place after in December, well, let's start from August is what we call consider our season. Okay. August starts, uh, we've got our kickoff luncheon that we do. It's one of the biggest luncheons in town and we've heard everybody from Coach Spurrier to Lou Holtz Mm -hmm. speak at this, Urban Meyer, and we bring 1,200 businessmen and women from across the state to come in and celebrate football. That happens, college football starts, it's go time. We have events that take place pretty much from August all the way through December, but then it's the lead up to the football games. What people don't realize is we manage every aspect of this bowl game. Think about putting on a Super Bowl every single year. It's a mega event that we have to put on every single year. And we handle from what are the players going to eat to the police escorts to the stuff that takes place on the field, off the field, all of that. So we have a ginormous book, a team manual that we assemble throughout the year to make sure that all things are in place to make sure that these these games and events uh, are executed flawlessly. We took over this whole town. We take over all of Scottsdale, all the hotels, the resorts. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of events that take place during that week. But It's a lot of things that happen prior, then you have the actual game itself, then we get done, and then our budget season ends March 31st, so we are jam-packed with uh, budgets, and then we've got a lot of community efforts that we do throughout Sprinkled In. As I mentioned, a lot of what we do is we're here to serve and give back to the community. Mm -hmm. So we've got our grant cycle, we've got a scholarship and empowering diversity scholarship that we do, we've got our Wishes for Teachers program that we do in the fall, we give out a million dollars to 400 teachers for their classrooms, so all of this stuff, while we might have a little bit of a downtime, we're actually just executing and planning for the next community relations event. In fact, in two weeks we're here, we're going to build another playground. We just built one in Glendale. We're going to be doing a program called Kindness Arizona. where We go on a three-day caravan, really just spreading the word of kindness. We're going to renovate teachers' lounges. We're going to be able to support um, youth programming. Our, our focuses are on youth sports and education. Mm-hmm. So anything that we do, we really try to hone in on those main three pillars And anybody that works at the bowl, and we've got about 33 full-time staff, we want to make sure that you're all in. You know, Mm -hmm. we want to make sure that this is part of your um, core beliefs. This is something that you understand when you work here is that it is more than just a game. Mm -hmm. You're going to be hired in the accounting department. You're going to be hired in the events department or marketing department. But at the end of the day, we're all rowing that same direction to be able to support our mission of giving back.
0: Wow, that is a lot. Cause yeah, you you compare it to putting on a Super Bowl every single year. Yeah. Arizona just coming off of another Super Bowl and oh, you yeah. just saw the takeover. But what's special is in that moment, you know, you were raised here, born and raised here, just that pride of having Arizona, you know, on that national stage and showcase. What do you love most about being able to I'm part of, you know, marketing is is showcase this great state.
1: Yeah. Um, so what
0: do you like to highlight the most um, throughout this? Journey.
1: to me it's about the memories that you get to create and it could be memories for the student-athlete it could be the memories for the kids that we're supporting it could be memories for our partners that are here our sponsors it, there's so many different facets of what we get to do and everybody gets to create their own iteration of a memory i remember my very first sporting event as a senior in high school mm-hmm. coming up to a phoenix suns game and i said one day i'm gonna work i want to work in sports this is what i want to do here i am fast forward 20 years later you never know what the impact one of our events or programs that we do can have on somebody so when people come in from out of town we're here to be able to make a community and economic impact for this state mm-hmm. and you could come into town and you visit our game and look at our weather right now i mean it's cool well today's a little cold but for us as cold as in the 50s <laughs> right. but when people come in and they say it's beautiful and sunny in december i want to be here i want a vacation here i might want to buy a house here You've got the economic impact side of it. You're, mm-hmm. you're shopping at stores. You're, you're eating at the restaurants. So you just never know what type of experience and what type of memory you're going to be able to cast on somebody mm-hmm. during our bowl weeks, during the all of our events that we do. And so I love the fact that we get to bring all the great things about Arizona and in Phoenix all in one, all in a condensed mega event that's put on every single year.
0: Yeah. So I remember... You know, just being around all the events, the Yellow jacket. Can you jackets. explain this Yellow Jacket, how we can get one of our...
1: <laughs> yeah, not anybody can just get the Yellow That's Jacket. That's why it's
0: very exclusive. Oh, yeah,
1: very exclusive, very... Uh, it's a point of pride. And so we we couldn't do what we do without our amazing volunteers. And we've got anywhere from 120, 130-plus Yellow Jacket, active Yellow Jacket volunteers. These are men and women community members that uh, donate their time, their effort, their monies. uh, They help fundraise for us. They're bringing in partners. They're helping move tickets. They're helping volunteer at all the events from Mm -hmm. picking up trash to hospitality to VIP hosting. There's so many different jobs that need to happen. I mean, we just came off of the Super Bowl and you could see how many volunteers it took to do that. Now, we're not nearly as big as the Super Bowl, but we are a mega event and there are a lot of things that happen during these couple weeks and we just couldn't do it without these volunteers. And so when you are part of the Yellow Jacket committee is there is fundraising goals that you have to do. There's volunteering goals that you have to do. And then when you complete that and you're in good standing, you get this very illustrious Yellow Jacket. Mm-hmm. And, and it's something that you know people cherish. We have generations of Yellow Jackets that are part of our committee that somebody's father was a Yellow Jacket or their grandpa was a Yellow Jacket and everybody's got their own memory or their own story. Right. And um, as staff, we get a Yellow Jacket too. Mm-hmm. What happens is they then become life members, life directors and move on. So you think about our 53 plus years that we've been here in the Valley, how many people have gone through this program? And the essence of the Yellow Jacket was, it was created because we wanted to stand out. Mm. We wanted people to know who we are, where we are, where we come from. So whether we're visiting other universities or we're going to events or charitable charitable functions, we wear the yellow jackets with pride and we like it when people come up and ask us about it. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many student athletes and players and sponsors have said, how do I just want a yellow jacket?
0: Me too. You know, I, want like a jacket. <laughs> I just want this jacket. It that, does feel like the know, masters. And, yeah. And
1: it's not something that we just hand out to anybody. So, yeah. you know, we are, we take great pride in that. And it's something that, you know, we choose carefully of who's part of the committee because it's something that is earned and not, not given away.
0: What I loved, I loved, that you touched on was you know people watching the fiesta bowls and wanting to be a part of it a young kid and then ending up like you know working like you said yeah. within the sports industry so you had a breakthrough for you going to a sun's game and then ultimately working for the phoenix suns what did that journey look like for you just to break through. it's a hard industry to break through period it, it's a
1: really hard and and this was you know i graduated high school in 2003 and this was pre linkedin pre a lot of things that you had social media any of that used to be picking up the phone mailing in your resume or submitting your resume online Mm -hmm. it it just it was a lot different Mm -hmm. and for me growing up in tucson having never really been to a major sporting event i was DECA president in high school and we were up to we were in phoenix for a conference and we got to go to a phoenix suns game and I remember sitting like last row and, but the nosebleeds, the nosebleed, you can touch the, <laughs> the roof, but just being there and seeing the pageantry around it mm. was something I'll never forget. And to be able to see all what went into it. And, and for me, that was my first real experience. And I walked away from there saying, man, I want to do this one day. And I think at the time, like Jerry Maguire just came out too. So I, <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, maybe I'll be an agent. agent. I don't know. Show I just want to, I just want to do this. Mm-hmm. I want to do something here. And I actually had a full-ride scholarship for academics uh, to U of A down in Tucson, and I always knew that I, I didn't want to be in Tucson. I wanted to get out of there. I was a pretty decent baseball player. I had offers to go in other smaller schools, and there was one school uh, in Denver called Johnson Wells University, small school, NIA, NIA private school and they had a sports entertainment event management, but also a baseball team that they were looking for an outfielder. So wow, it stars aligned. Uh, I remember coming back to my mom and stepdad and said, look, I, and I know I've got this scholarship over here, but there's this private school that's like $40,000 a year that I really want to go do this.
0: So, <laughs>
1: yeah, so um, and, and you know, they, they couldn't afford it. And, you know, at the time, and it was something that they said, do your homework, do your research. That's what they've always been t- told me to do. And I remember putting together this presentation as a senior reasons why I want to go there and study sports and do all this. They said, okay, you know, we're, we're going to help you with what we can. And and they gave me a, a couple bucks a month to, you know, get me by. But mm-hmm. I remember selling my car, never been to snow, much less ever played baseball in snow wow. and packed everything that I had, every dollar that I had moved to this school in Colorado and started my journey. And I think one of the first realizations when I got there, I'm in this private school of only about 2000 students. First of all, I didn't know that there was a dress code. So I show (laughs) up to, to my first day of class and everybody's in business casual. I didn't I don't even think I owned a polo. Oh my gosh. So like most 18 year olds, I took out a credit card with probably 30% Mm. interest, went Mm. to express and bought as many dress clothes as I could. I had to, I had to act as if I had to fit the, fit, fit the part. Yeah. And what I quickly realized after hearing a lot of guest speakers and our teachers always telling us, it's not what, you know, it's who, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, you kept hearing this word about networking and relationships. And, uh, I, I also, I quickly realized this man, I got I'm gonna have to work a lot harder than a lot of people here. You got people to my right and my left that their, their parents are influential businessmen and women in the town. They've got connections and how the heck am I ever going to beat that? And so it wasn't until we had a guest speaker, a lady by the name of Wendy Morris came in and spoke at our class and she did corporate partnerships for the Denver Nuggets. I was blown away with everything that she did. She talked about sponsorships, activations, branding. I, I, I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember giving her my name and number on a piece of paper, you know, and old I was like, school. Old school. <laughs> and I was like, look, you know, Wendy, I, I know that this is a tough industry to get into I don't ha- I don't know. It's not what you know. It's who, you know, I don't know anybody, but I'll tell you that I can work harder than anybody in there. I've got a stronger work ethic than anybody else in there. And please, like whatever it takes, I want to get my foot in the door. Can I volunteer? Whatever you need. Um, Fast forward, I ended up volunteering with Cronky Sports, who own the soccer team and all the other major sports properties in town and with Wendy. And and I did one volunteer thing. I think I just did like on-field promotion, helping with her. And I said, okay, what next? What next and she kept calling me back and what next what else can i do fast forward and there was an opportunity for an internship which was meant for juniors and seniors and i'm a sophomore and she called me and said there's this very competitive internship you know if it's something i'll put your name in like you did an awesome job for for us um, i ended up getting it and so here i am now going to school playing baseball i was working for the ymca i worked with kids all through college working youth sports and then I'm doing this internship that was very demanding that didn't pay me a nickel.
0: Yeah, back in the day, because in internships now mm-hmm. they pay you. And I'm like, we did not get paid. It was legal back then. Yeah.
1: Uh, so it was with the Denver Nuggets, Cronky Sports. Uh, and so I got to do all of, you know, arena football and hockey and, and the Nuggets. And it, it was it was a blast. And I learned so much. I think I always had a strong imposter syndrome there because the other individuals that were with me, somebody's. Their dad was one of the corporate partners and somebody else knew somebody. I, I didn't, I just didn't feel like I belong, but still, I walked in there every day and, and treated it as a, today's a new audition. Wow. And today's the day that I'm going to have to outwork somebody else. Fast forward, did the internship. I was also hired with the NBA when the all-star game was in town and got to work for them. And I got a lot of great experiences. It was at that time though, when we had Carmelo Anthony and on the team and, we did some outreach program, Boys and Girls Club, and we we're giving shoes away. And I remember seeing these people in 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 a suit next to Carmelo, and they were directing the event. And I was like, "What is this? What? Who are those people?" I'm in corporate sponsorships, and uh, one of my colleagues said, "Well, they're community relations. They work with the athletes, they work with the players, they do all the goodwill in the community, they work with kids, and I'm like I work with kids. Yeah, I love doing that. Like mm-hmm. that's that's where I want to be. So from that point on, I that was my journey was I want to be in community relations in sports." I didn't know at the time that that's usually the smallest department in any sports team there's mm-hmm. usually maybe two or three people in there <laughs> yep. and uh so fast forward graduated and to here i thought because i had some internship i knew a few people i was going to have this amazing job right out of college and i didn't i i didn't have a job and it was you know that was pretty tough too i graduated in 2007, if you remember, that was, you know, getting the time of a recession, not many places were hiring. Mm-hmm. And I just was rejection after rejection after rejection. And I just thought it would be a lot easier. I was actually offered a job with the NBA for their um, graduate program where you go in for a year and you you moved to New York, and I was going to wow. d- do that. And I got hired. They pay you like nothing. And I, I didn't have the resources to be able to move there. So I had to turn it down. Wow. So at the time i said i'm never going to work in sports how am i ever going to get to this so took a job youth and family director uh, to work for the ymca loved it that was my realistic job my dream dream job was i'm going to stay in sports i'm going to get there i always stayed in contact i always networked i always called i picked up the phone call with the community relations people at the nba in new york i'd hear more no's than i heard yeses but i just wanted i just want to learn from them i want to understand their journey and an opportunity came with the phoenix suns about a year later. community relations coordinator and i get a call and wendy morris who now was at the nba said i'll put in a good word for you but you know you've got to earn this this is yours and i don't remember the exact number but it was a a large number of people applied for this and i got the job and so here i am now 22 23 and my first real job in sports five six years later after i just sat nosebleeds and it became a realization and it was one of the most special feelings I think that I've ever had was to be able to call your parents to say, hey guys, I, I made it. Like I'm in sports now. Yeah. And then it's just about the journey beyond that. How do you, how do you grow from there? How do you maintain sustain? And I've had an awesome journey in sports. And here I am the CMO of the Fiesta Bowl, which I knew about the Fiesta Bowl growing up and mm-hmm. to be in the same state and work in sports, your whole career has been such a wild, wild dream that I could have never imagined. Mm-hmm. Most people in sports have to leave and they have to go in, into other teams and other markets just to be able to move up into the rankings. Yeah, I've been so blessed that I've just been able to build a name here and and do great things with great team members and get to be where I am.
0: What did your parents say about that phone call?
1: Oh, my gosh. I think my mom is my biggest fan club. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter whether I worked for the Phoenix Suns, I work for Green King University, or I work for the Fiesta Bowl. They still all wear the shirts. And, <laughs> and, and, and my mom is... She never graduated high school, and for her to see, and I've got brilliant siblings, and you know, my sister's got a PhD, my brother's got a law degree and doctorate, and I've got a master's, so I'm, I'm on the lower end, but she's so proud to see where we've all gone with our careers and personal lives and education, so to be able to tell her, hey, I'm, I'm here, I'm doing this now, I love, she loves listening and hearing all my stories. I mean, I'll tell her about dinners I've had with sponsors, athletes we've worked with, Because it's something that growing up in Tucson just wasn't, it just didn't happen. Mm -hmm. You weren't, you were not, I always say that I I don't ever feel like I was supposed to be here. It was something that I just had to earn. You had to get over that imposter syndrome for a long time of, I grew up in Tucson and in a a harder area in a high school. And most people just don't get out of that. And Mm -hmm. so to be able to be where I am, to do what we get to do, to give back the way that we get to give back. We've gone back and given to programs that I grew up. I grew up going to the Salvation Army. We've gone back and remodeled that Salvation Army. We've given back to my high school and things that I've gotten to do. It all seems like a dream. Full circle. Full circle, yeah.
0: That whole story just kind of reminds me of the quote, um, hard work beats out talent. Not that you're not talented. Yeah. But when talent doesn't show up because that is like the way to get in and have a sustainable career especially in sports because it's such a grind yeah and there's so many talented people that are not especially now in this day and age right it's like you did everything so like the workman's mentality it's give them you know the number on the paper do the follow-up have the you know keep those networking skills a lot of people now consider networking as like a follow or like a poke or a double heart like on an instagram where there's like so much true connection out there to be able to forge your way into the industry, whatever you're going, we're not only excluding sports, but including sports, but that's like, that's what it is. That's what it takes. And to be able, and I love that because we can relate so much, you know, be in the nosebleeds. My first game, Phoenix Suns game was the Timberwolves nosebleeds all the way up top. I went to the game last night. Shout out to my job here at State 48. And the, <laughs> the seats were incredible. And I yeah. still have those moments where I'm like, oh, my gosh. I remember sitting up. I'll never forget Kevin – not Kevin Durant. Uh, um, Kevin Garnett.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Who else? Zerbiak from the yeah. the old school. Yeah. And I remember watching them like they were little ants. And, of course, my I'm a huge Suns fan. So – you know, I still have those moments and it's these experiences, the experiences that like really shape, you know, to have that full circle. Like I cannot believe now I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm working within the organization. So that's really cool to me. Um, do you have any type of like mentorship that you do for, um, you know, people who want to come into the industry or kind of now picking your brain. Now you're the one that gets to hire the interns and, and all of that.
1: Yeah. It, I'll tell you what, that's probably one of the weirdest things is the amount of, hey, Mr. Moreno emails (laughs) or LinkedIn posts or anything that I get. And that's one of my favorite parts about my job though. I said it from the beginning is somebody took a chance on me and Mm -hmm. I had a mentor in Wendy and others along the way that that took a chance on me. I will never not respond to somebody. I will always at least respond to you and give you some of my time to be able to help you whatever journey that's going. Because if you took the courage, the guts, yeah. the time to be able to reach out to me, I owe that to you out of respect. And that's one of the most favorite things that I can do. I speak at colleges. I've spoke at my old, my alumni and, and alma mater. And, um, you know, one of my messages that I always tell individuals that want to get into sports is, I mentioned it too, is uh, teachers told me all the time, it's not what you know, it's who you know. But I'm going to add on to that. I think that that's, that's right to a degree. It's not what you know, it's who you know, but who knows you? Mm. And why do they know you? Mm. Your brand is, your brand is everything. Your reputation is everything. It could take a lifetime to build your reputation and you can end it in one day. Mm. And that's something that I really hone in on. When I speak with young adults, getting into this industry, you might get your first job. Don't be above anything, you know, build a reputation of being a hard worker, build a reputation of being somebody reliable. People will come, the money will come, I use my example of I was working for the YMCA before I got into sports, worked all through college, got a full-time job after it. I was making $40,000, which at the time, it was seven great money, like fine. I was working with kids.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When I went to go work for the Phoenix Suns, sorry, Phoenix Suns, I'm gonna throw this out there, but I got paid $32,000. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I took a pay cut, but I knew that it was one of those, I'm gonna take a step back to take two steps forward
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I wasn't above that. I knew that this was my ultimate dream
0: Your foot in the door. Correct. Mm -hmm. My
1: foot was in the door. And so where I find and I see, and this is, I'm not categorizing everybody is we are living in a world where there's instant reaction gratification and you have young adults and college students that think instantly they're going to get this six figure paying job in sports. They're going to have this CMO job by the time they're 25 years old. They don't know what that process and that journey looked like before. So you have to be able to, Humble yourself to be able to do whatever it takes to get you to that place. Right. And it's not necessarily what you know, it's not necessarily who you know, but who knows you. I love that. And that's a big, big part of it.
0: Well, now you are a big part of State 48, just yeah. the relationship that has been built here. So explain how all of that came to be um, the partnership and collab.
1: Yeah. So I met Mike and the team years ago when I first started with Fiesta Bowl and this was around 2000. I started in 2015, Mm -hmm. started to get to know um, Mike later on. And then 2016, we created a program called Wishes for Teachers. This program has since evolved and given out $5.7 million to teachers across the valley. Uh, We give out in grants of $2,500 for their classroom. When we were first starting out, I mean, we were trying to figure out what this program was, what did we want it to be? But um, we collabed with State 48 and we said, hey, let's do a shirt. This was we we're going into our second year and it will benefit uh, Wishes for Teachers. And so we did it. It was an education shirt. And it, it, it's a funny story because when Mike and I were talking and we were, you know, talking about the design, the look and what color we want it to be. And I think we just were like, well, apples are red. Let's do a red yeah. shirt. We launched the shirt and I, I couldn't have been more than a month or two later. And the whole Red for Ed campaign happened. And suddenly everybody was starting to take notice about teachers and and they have always been such a critical, important part of, of this system. And I'm a huge believer that we need to be paying teachers mm-hmm. triple what they're making right yes. now. We won't go down that path. but this was just a way that you know wishes for teachers that we can honor and, and appreciate them. And so it was a great collaboration that we did and we launched this. well, Red for Ed happened. we had this, awesome shirt uh, that happened to be red that supported teachers. And I, I don't know the exact Perfect. numbers, how many was sold, but they were flying off the shelves. Mm-hmm. I remember coming to the headquarters here, talking with the media, myself and Mike and the other team to say, yeah, let's let's be here to support our teachers in a big way. And so that was really the first time that we partnered up. And then we've made a fiesta shirt since then. We've done some stuff together along the way, but I love that. it's been a really fun relationship. I and mean, we have like-minded missions here. I mean, you guys starting in Arizona, being here in Arizona. We started here in Arizona. We're not going anywhere else. We're only right. in Arizona. <laughs> um, but then also to be able know what you guys are doing with the foundation and what we do with our foundation, very like-minded to support this community.
0: I love when all things align. So how can people still support what you're doing and how, you know, just kind of tie it up all together?
1: Yeah. Coming to our events, coming to our games, what we want people, if anything, is to walk away feeling like, There's, there is so many live sporting events that take place in the Valley and amazing ones. But if you come and attend ours, you know, we just want you to know that you're supporting Arizona because we are a nonprofit. And when you attend one of our events, you're boomeranging those dollars back out into the community. So
0: how much does that on average generate?
1: um, We give out anywhere from three to $5 million a year. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So we're proud of that. Uh, We grow that every single year and it's something special for us that we we shout from the mountaintops. And when you come to our games, you walk away from the videos that we showcase, from the charities that we showcase on field. We want you to walk away feeling like, man, that's awesome. Like I didn't realize all what the Fiesta Bowl is doing. I feel good knowing that I spent a decent amount of money because it's not mm-hmm. a cheap ticket for the Fiesta Bowl. Um, so we want to make sure that, that you feel a sense of pride of helping Arizona as a whole. But yeah. um, we also have our other game, our Guaranteed Rate Bowl. That's a much more of an affordable ticket. It's great for the whole entire family to come out. But it's just another way that you can support what we're doing. And then all of our ancillary events that we do, come volunteer. We have tons of volunteer opportunities.
0: I'm going to get myself a yellow jacket. Okay. I don't know. Hey,
1: come be a yellow jacket. We need them. We, need, we not we, who we you hope.
0: know, yeah. but who, who knows, knows you, you. Yeah. in uh, that yellow jacket. That's right. No, we,
1: we always want like-minded people that want to come in, that's support awesome. Arizona, and just give back.
0: Well, hopefully you get a little bit of a break because we got some months until the next festival, but I know it's going to be another huge, amazing event. And I'm so glad that we could sit down today and we have that connection. I didn't know a lot of that, what you were saying. So it's good to hear, but thank you so much for joining us. absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll see you next week, everyone.